Yeah. Donald, Donald, if you're not recording, I am going to squeeze your balls. Well, I've been recording since for like three minutes and 17 seconds, so there okay. will be no ball squeezing Here we necessary. Go. And Hello, you can't everyone. Even get to me. Hello, everyone. Three. Wait. Three. Two. Here's some stories about a show we made about a bunch of docs and nurses and a janitor who loved to hate. I said, here's the stories that you all should know. So gather around to hear our gather around to hear our Scrubs rewatch show with Zach and Donald. Hello. Everyone, my name is Zach Braff. Hi, I'm Donald Faison. And I can't believe it, but guess what, guys? We're going to do a Scrubs rewatch podcast. Yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. Dude, your voice changed completely all of a sudden. We were all I talking normal. I and know. Then the I, podcast I, started, and I, you're I like, know, hey, I, everyone, it is I. <laughs> I got nervous, and I felt like I should sound like a radio broadcaster, <laughs> but no, okay, I'm back to me. There we go. Um, this, is, this is pretty exciting. I'm this excited is, about this. I got to tell you, I'm very excited that we've been talking about this for a long time. Um, we've been trying to figure it out. I've been teasing social media, as have you been. Um, well, but, you've been you've been teasing social media a little bit more than I have, but I know because I wanted to get people titillated, Donald. I wanted to titillate the masses. Well, let's thank iHeartRadio first of all for putting this, helping us yes, put this all together. We had to figure out who to do it, and we found a perfect partner with iHeart, and we want to thank them. And also, we want to thank the fans across the universe because I just think it's, it would be crazy for us not to start with saying we wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for the just incredibly loyal, amazing fan base we have around the earth. Right, Donald? Yes, so thank you very much. All of you who watched the show and who are listening to this podcast right now, wow, we appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I mean, we this, we, this has been so many years of love for this show. And, I, you know, it's funny. I'm sure, Donald, you have this experience, too, where people come up to you in the street like, I'm sure this is so annoying, but I just want to say I love the show. And I'm like, I'm always like, it's not annoying. Are you kidding me? That's like the best compliment you can give us. So, Well, it's uh, annoying when you're eating food. Yeah, maybe when, when you're eating, eating food and somebody comes up to you and they're like, sorry to bother you. You know, the first, why are you saying sorry to bother you? You're not sorry to bother me. You meant to bother me at that moment. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah, well, just guys, if you're going to see Donald in public, don't do it while he's eating. Maybe just. Or with my kids. I don't play yeah. that. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, just wait outside the restaurant for him in a dark alley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I how I prefer, once. That's how I prefer people to approach me. Yeah, in a I dark alley. I also, my only request is not at the, not online at the pharmacy because I'm usually uh, sick and, and I, I don't want to. Um, I once had a guy ask me to sign his, his box of condoms at a pharmacy and. Uh, I just, Did just you? The whole, no, I was like, dude, this is weird. I don't want to sign your comments. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've already digressed. Um, we love our fans, and we're so glad you're listening. So the rough plan is that we're just going to talk through episodes of Scrubs. We're going to start with, with season one, obviously. Today, we're going to talk about the pilot, and we're going to just kind of tell stories and go through it scene by scene and, and just kind of tell anecdotes and stuff. And then eventually, we want to have guests on. We're going to Today, we're going to take a very first fan question, which is thrilling. Joelle figured out how to do that. She's amazing. We're really excited about this. We should start. Do you remember yeah. the, the name of the pilot, what the first episode was? No. Wait, I just want to tell them one more thing. So we were going to do this in person, but then, of course, because of this um, uh, COVID insanity, uh, the good people of iHeart have figured out a way for Adal and us to do it remotely. So we're he's we're looking at each other over Zoom, and he's in his closet, which is friggin' hilarious, because I guess that's what the only place you could hide from your kids. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they're downstairs. We put on Captain Underpants so they'll be quiet for a bit, but if you hear someone yelling or screaming, it's probably going to be... My son Rocco or my daughter Wilder. I'm gonna take a picture of this to post on the interwebs because um, it's very adorable. Right. All right. Well, now. let me get my let me get a, a fresh pose then. Oh my God, you're so cute. All right. So Donald um, has children and um, and a wife, and uh, everyone's in quarantine, so he's in his closet recording, <laughs> and uh, we're looking at each other. So so we're gonna do it like this um, for the foreseeable future. Um, every week we'll be coming to you talking about the uh, next episode of the show. And we'll hope that you'll watch it along with us because that's kind of the idea. If you if you watch that episode and then um, we'll shoot the shit about that episode. I just watched it. I got very nostalgic. Did you did you feel nostalgia? I, well, yeah, I've, just how young we were, first I of know. all. We were, were so, so young. You were so young. I didn't remember how young I was. I was 26 at the time and I'm 40... Five turning forty six this year, and it was that was twenty years ago. So 
you know, watching the pilot for the first time really felt like it was brand new. Like I remembered some things, but other things I was like, I don't remember any of this. Uh, you know, I remember certain poses that John C. McGinley made, like when he put his hand on the back of his head and stuff like that. I remember being like, wow, that's interesting that he chose to do that right now. And as the show goes on, it became his Dr. Cox stuff. But while we while watching it for the first time, I was like, oh my God, this is where it all originated. This is where yeah. this is where this came from. There were so many moments I had while watching it too, where I was like thinking, first of all, we we can't start off even even five minutes of this without talking about Bill Lawrence, who uh, is the creator of the show, the reason we're all here talking. And I was just amazed watching it how how much Bill got it. It's like 23 minutes long, and how much. He was able. How much storytelling and character introduction? Pilots are always hard because, you know, you have the the, the showrunner creator has such a hard job to introduce so many characters and do it in twenty three minutes. And it's just amazing how much, how many characters are introduced, how many storylines and uh, you know, like love interests are introduced. How much is packed into one episode? Yeah, that, that's some of those. I have questions for you, as a matter of fact, just on, you know, how. The whole pilot came together and everything. But wait, let's but, start with that. Wait, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but let's start with Cat. I feel like we should tell our stories about auditioning because that's well, kind yeah, of a good this, way to that was it. my first question All for right, you. Go. So when we first started the pilot, I I had already done quite a few things. Like I was in Clueless. Yeah. I had done uh, Remember the Titans already. Waiting to exhale. I was guest starring on Felicity at the time. Right. And this was a pilot that came up for me, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go out for it. I'd love to go out for it. Anybody wants to be on a Show And it wasn't until after I auditioned for it and got it that everybody was like, all my, I remember all of my agents being like, this is like the number one pilot of the season. Everyone wanted to be a part of this and you booked it. And I remember being like, holy cow, I was just looking at it as, let me get another job because I got kids to feed. You know what I right. mean? You were completely different. You were like, I mean, I know you had been in some things and stuff like that, but you hadn't even really popped yet. Yeah, I'd done little things. You know, I, I'd been in an indie, I was in an indie, a couple of indies, one called the Broken Hearts Club that went to Sundance and... But I was still waiting tables. Who I directed waiting, that, by the way? Uh, a now superstar famous person named Greg Berlani. It was his oh. very first uh, film. And he um, he gave me one of my first early big breaks uh, being in that movie. And I was a waiter at a French-Vietnamese restaurant in in Beverly Hills. That's an interesting and, and, combination. And people who, um, you know, if you saw Garden State, my film, I, I'm kind of spoofing that in the beginning when I'm working with a tunic on and... and waiting on horrible people. But anyway, I was a waiter there and people would come from having, Broken Cards Club was in the theater and people would come from the theater and they'd say for dessert to the restaurant and they'd be like, we just saw your movie. And I'd be like, oh, cool. Thank you. Thank you for going. And they'd be like, you were, you were great. And I go, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Let me tell you about our specials. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like only in Hollywood can you go see a movie and then have the star of the movie wait on you for dessert. What, how did you feel about that? Were you ever embarrassed by it? Or oh, I was like... so embarrassed. I remember I would go to a, like a general meeting in, in Hollywood. They have these things called general meetings where you kind of go and like you're like bragging that, oh, my, my career is going so well and, and we should really work together. And you're just kind of schmoozing. And I remember I, I, I did one of those and like it really went well and I came out feeling so good. And then that night I looked down at one of my tables and the guy was at the table. Oh, that's awesome. And I didn't, I had left out the part how I was still, you know, hustling and waiting tables. But wow. um, so, you know, I, I, I got the audition. I was waiting tables. I got the audition. Now, the, my story is a little funny because I went out first for it in New York. I, I happened to be in New York and I, I, I didn't prepare. It went so poorly. I hadn't read the script. You know, not every audition do you go in killing it. And I didn't do a good job. And I, when I got back to LA, my agent said, look, they still can't find this guy um, for the show. And it's really, like you said, everyone's talking about it. This is like one of the hot new shows of the season. You, you, I think you could just go back in. Like, they won't even know. Like, your audition, I don't even, <laughs> they were like, I don't even know if your tape made it from New York. Like, because no, right. no, one, no one even responded to whatever the fuck you did. So I, I, this time I took it seriously. I memorized it. I, I worked on it. I practiced a lot. And then when I went in, I remember the cast director, um, Brett, right? That was his name? Yeah. He yeah. looked up at me like, oh, okay, like with a smile. And then it was off to the races. Then I met Bill, and uh, I worked with Bill. And um, and then, you know, I, I literally auditioned six times um, before I got it. And, and then finally, my final audition was for the network, and it was down between four of us. And I, I read with Sarah, and I... I you know, I had been in six times. I wore the exact same outfit every single time because I was so superstitious. 
and and I could really tell that Bill was rooting for me. He 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 made it known to me that 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 he wanted me to get it. But but there were a lot of you know people that were more famous than me that were that were I mean that were famous that were up for it. So yeah. I, I couldn't I couldn't believe I got it. But anyway, so tell me tell me about your audition process. So I I auditioned for it. The first time I auditioned for it, I don't know who was in the room to be honest with you. I just auditioned, and they were like, they want to bring you back. And then I came back and I auditioned again, and this time Bill was there. And I remember being like, okay, it, it, you know, at this point in my career, it was like, I'm just going to audition for things as many times as I can until they say yes, you know what I mean? Or until they say no. And I remember they were like, all right, look, you're going to test for this, but they want you to go in for one more audition before that, just to run lines with Bill and work on the jokes and stuff. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. The one thing I remembered to this day, he's still like this. If Bill wants the joke to work, He'll laugh. Even if it fell flat, he'll yeah. still laugh to give you the confidence yeah. of, yo, dude, that's the joke. That's where the joke lands, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So we went into the room, and we're working on it, and he's laughing at everything. And I'm like, oh, I'm crushing it. And then after every take, he'd be like, all right, now let's work on this beat. And I remember it was him and Danny Rose at the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Danny Rose is another one of. Uh, At the time, he was Bill's assistant, but then he um, then he rose up in the ranks and, and became a, a producer on the show. Right, and so we did it, and then he was like, "All right, good luck tomorrow," and I was like, "All right, bet." And so I went on the audition, and I saw a bunch of friends of mine auditioning, and Sarah was there, and you know we were there for about an hour and a half, all of us testing in front of the network, and I remember at one point. You know, we're all sitting out there for a while and they hadn't come out in a bit. And Bill comes out and is like, Donald, I need to talk to you real quick. And I was like, oh, sh well, I guess I'm the first person to go home. And he says, "No, uh, so look, your audition, you probably could tell already, but you, you kind of fucked it up. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And you must so, have been dying. And so, you know, I want to give you another shot because I, I, the things that I've seen you do, uh, you just didn't do that time in the room. And so if you could just bring it down a little bit and cuz I was Did you agree I'm, with him? Did you think did you did you agree with him and think like oh shit I was so nervous and he's right? No, I thought I was crushing it. I was oh, doing really? everything that we I thought I was doing everything that we had done in the rehearsal. Right. And so finally I go in there and I remember toning everything down and him being like perfect. And then leaving and he sent everybody home except for Sarah, myself and one other person. And that night I found out I got the job. Wow. You know what I mean? And, you know, when I went in on the audition, I expected to see the guy that he had kept. You know, it was me, Sarah, and this one guy. And we were like, holy cow, I, I, I guess we got it. Right. And uh, I expected to see the guy at the table read. And you walked in. I was like, that's not the same dude. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so I knew who you were, obviously, but because uh, I, I, I loved I had, Clueless. I had not seen anything you were in, no. No, you would you, I'm sure. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that you'd seen my two little indies. I just mean like, I guess I don't know what my question is. I mean, like, did, have you even seen a picture of me? You didn't even know anything about me. You just I knew, knew nothing someone, about you. You knew, I think you, you, knew, wore, you knew an unknown guy got the part, at least, right. right? I feel like I remember what you wore to the table read, though. I feel like you wore corduroy brown pants. I could I be can't wrong. Believe that you would remember this. And I don't a T-shirt. And we met at the bar while I yeah, was. Yeah, I remember a this. Drink. I remember, I was writing this down in my notes. First of all, it was at uh, Krista Miller's old, and and Bill's old, yeah. old house. And Charlotte Lawrence had just been born. Charlotte Lawrence was a baby, and we walked into. I remember it was a sunken living room. And there was a bar in the corner, and then you turned around and were like, gave me this big smile, and you were like, "Yeah, buddy!" Like, and I, and I was like, it literally was love at first sight. Right. I, I, I just felt I was so nervous. You have to understand. I mean, I knew who you were. Obviously, I knew who John McGinley was. I had met Sarah at my audition, but like, I was. You can imagine. I mean, we were all nervous, no matter who you are. But I was because because also people do get fired after table reads. So right. You know, you're like, you're like, I, I, I mostly have it, but I really got to make sure I keep it. And right. uh, and then I saw you, and you were so warm, and 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 I think we hugged. I think the first time, yeah, we, no, we did hug. Yeah, You're, uh, <laughs> the first time we met, we hugged. Well, I, that's that's that was the that was the crazy the craziest thing was I remember not knowing who you were and being like, all right, they were, and Bill was like, let's start the table read, and I remember being nervous for myself, and then you started reading, and all of a sudden the jokes that I didn't see in the script when I read it. 
all of a sudden started to appear because you were knocking out knocking it out of the park and everybody was laughing and you know really excited so when it was my time to come in i was like yeah the energy was there and you right. know what i mean i just remember being like holy cow this kid is amazing oh, and I, I, I remember being like this could actually turn into something this is at the table read i remember being like this could be something special my agents weren't lying when they told me this was the one yeah yeah man i remember that special feeling too i, I also wanted to say that i uh when I drove home from my test, I, I had a StarTech. I had the Motorola StarTech. You remember that? Yeah, I, yeah the, the two ways. No, no. The StarTech was the little flip phone, the little black flip phone back in the day. Oh, I don't know. Nah, anyway, I, I, had my little, I, had my little, I had my little flip phone, and I put it on the passenger seat as I was driving home from the network test, and I was just waiting to see if it was going to ring. And like, is my life about to change substantially or not? And the phone rang. It was Bill. He told me I got the part. And I was just flipping out. I mean, I had no money. I didn't have a dollar to my name. I, you know, I, I was living. Oh, dude, who are you telling, man? I had kids. I bought a house with all of this clueless money that I had, and you know what I mean. I thought I was gonna be a baller, and I remember having to call home and beg my mom for money so I could get gas to go on these auditions. Oh, really? You know what I mean? Because I was broke. My parents loaned me um, five thousand dollars to buy a car out in LA, so I bought a car. I bought a Nissan 240SX. I remember uh, that, which did me really, really well, and um, and then I was just, you know, living off my waiter's salary, but um, I get the call from Bill. I freak out. I call my mom. I call my dad, and then I call the manager of the restaurant, who was amazingly supportive of me, and she was she was an actress herself, and she was like, "I'm so happy for you, congratulations!" And I was like, "Well, I quit," and she was like, "Wait, wait, wait!" <laughs> she was like, "Wait, wait." <laughs> I'll never forget that she was like, bah, 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 bah. Uh, "You have to work tonight." I was like, "What now?" She's like, you have to work tonight. And I was like, I do? She's like, babe, you can't leave me hanging like that. You got to work tonight. I was like, I was like, oh, I'll work tonight. And right. I just got, I like, I got hammered. People were like waiting on me, like, you know, because it was one of those restaurants where people were like really douchey and like, sir. And I'd be like, just wait your turn. You know, I was like, <laughs> everybody, everybody calm down. All right. Your you know French what? Vietnamese food is coming. Right on. I remember after we shot the pilot, just to jump ahead and having to wait for so long for the show to get picked up, right? And running into you at a club and you being out of your mind blitzed. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably what happened. I could and never get into the club. Like, I would, like, in the classic thing with, like, the red velvet ropes um, and, like, I can even picture, like, me being online at the club being like, all right, well, I'm going out to a nightclub tonight because I, I got some money in my pocket. And like, it's like, I picture, I see, like, Donald going in, like, the guys, like, the bouncers, like, part the red velvet ropes as Donald and his posse gets gets led into the club. <laughs> and then I get in and I saw you. I remember, I remember it was the first night I saw you, like, out in the real world and I, like, screamed because I was like, ah! Dude, you were so loud and you were so drunk. It was yeah. so funny. Well, I had to all fucking right. celebrate. So let's, right. get, let's get back to the Let's get back. Let's to the talk pilot. about the pilot. Now- the first thing I want to say about the pilot, the first thing I noticed is uh, that that's not the hospital. <laughs> right. The, the pilot for Scrubs was filmed, um, we filmed technically in three spots. The pilot was filmed um, in, Burbank, in, a right? in, in a Burbank hospital. And this one that they show it in the exterior is actually not even that. It's just a different hospital. But then we shot the bulk of the series at a hospital in, in Valley Village, um, which is now Apartments. And then season nine, which we'll have plenty of jokes about, um, was shot actually on, on a back lot on, on stages. But the bulk of the show, the one that, that you all know and love, was shot all inside a real hospital. I don't, I'm sure not everybody knows that. It was a real hospital. Uh, yeah, I remember I mean, the I... sound man saying something about, you know, I think I, when we did the pilot, I'm not, sure if, I'm not sure if it was the pilot or the actual series, but I, I think it was the pilot saying, you know what, I'm going to set up in this room because this is the room that my father died in or something. Really? Like that. Yeah. That's so dark. Our dressing rooms, you know, you know, you've seen a lot of times on sets they people have trailers that are their dressing rooms. Well, our dressing rooms were hospital rooms. For for eight and a half years that we worked at this hospital, we lived and did everything inside this hospital. I mean, our dressing rooms were in the hospital, the, the makeup rooms were in the hospital, the offices were in this hospital, the editing, the writer's room. Everything, all the other sets, like, you know, whether it was the inside of a bar or our apartment, all of those were built into this really disgusting, ancient hospital. Okay. So I want to talk about the first scene where you wake up 
and it's yeah. time to that was that a reshoot? Um, no, it was not a reshoot. I think it was done like after the fact. I think it's probably one of the last things we did. I do remember thinking that I didn't think this was funny. This this whole shaving cream thing. It turned out to be really funny. Well, that's Bill. Bill turned it into something. I remember thinking like, what? Why would I be doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Why would I, on my first day, so nervous, be making a shaving cream bra? Or being like a... A, a warrior? A, a warrior. <laughs> and then, ah, and then yeah. doing the screen. Look how young I am. I'm, I'm just scrolling through because I, I, I like to just reference it. But anyway, I, uh, I didn't think it was funny at the time, but then I saw it and I remember thinking, yeah, that was, that was clever. Okay. And then the scene where, we're, where you walk into the hospital and the lady gives you all of this energy about what's going to happen today, et cetera, et cetera. And then... Right. You not really knowing where to go. Yeah, I mean, this was... One thing you'll hear me say over and over again was, and Bill always said this, was like, there's no person better to play someone young and in over their head than me, because here I was. Right. I didn't know anything about... I mean, it was all method acting. I didn't know anything about starring in a TV show. I didn't know anything about, like... I mean, I knew I had some experience, but every time I was playing the wide-eyed guy walking around, I was just being me, because I couldn't believe that this was happening to me. You know, I, it was the exact same life that I was living. You know what? Speaking of wide-eyed, before we started the pilot, they wanted us to all go on rounds with doctors and stuff like that. Right. I did that. With, right. I did not. I opted out. I was like, get the fuck out of here. I'm not doing that shit. I don't want to see any of this. <laughs> <laughs> but meanwhile, I'm like I'm like the, the diligent student who's like, all right. right, send me out. Right. I remember getting on the phone with the young lady who was my contact that was going to take me around on rounds and her being like, so you're coming down tonight? And me being like, yeah, about that. No, I, <laughs> I, I don't see myself ever doing this. Uh, if you could just tell me some anecdotes, that'd oh be great. God. But Yeah, I was the exact, I was like the good student. I was like, Did you see anything go? crazy? No, but I remember thinking it was really inappropriate, uh, actually, um, that she was having me like go around like to visit patients with her. Like she, she put a stethoscope around my neck. So I would look like legit. Like <laughs> I know it's kind of fucked up in hindsight. Like I should not have been doing that. But did she ever refer to you? Like no, exactly. no, because she she was just treating me like I was a like I, I was a, a medical student, and she wasn't doing what she should have done, which is being like, "Hey, is it okay? There's someone who's an actor researching a part." She wasn't doing that. I was just right. going in and being like, uh, "Hey, how's the guys going? How's you doing?" And she kind of like, <laughs> and the people would be like looking at her, and then they like they nod to me, and I'm like, I would just be nodding. I remember I was just, I was just kind of had like a serious nod on my face, like I was listening and understanding what's going on. Right on. I want to talk about the title sequence because that's the next thing that comes up. I was going to ask you about that too, man, dude. What? How much did you hate that until you saw it? That's one of those things where I was like, this is sucks, man. It took, for those of you stupid. who don't know, it's a motion control camera, and it, and it really took a long time to do that. And at the time, we didn't know how cool it would look, so it was like, it took like a full day to do it. And I remember um, we were all kind of really over it by the end. Then it came out, and it was really fucking cool. And then uh, we've heard this for many times, uh, our whole uh, Scrubs existence, but the, the x-ray at the end is backwards. And every every doctor wanted to point that out, and, and and we used to be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's on purpose. Get it? Because they're like med <laughs> it's students, a comedy, and, right? Yeah, and they're med students, and they don't fully get it. But we're like, no, it wasn't the fucking prop guy fucked up? This shit's right. backwards. <laughs> we did, and but we got lucky with that too, because that kind of set the tone for this offbeat, wacky show of ours. You know? What I, I mean? know, I know. But early on in like in like commentary, I remember everyone being like, the X-rays backwards, and we were like, yeah, we, yeah, meant, we, it to be. we meant to do it. <laughs> and then do it again when we do the next time. Do you remember when we, um, a few years in, they tried to redo this sequence with Neil? They wanted Flynn. to add Neil. Yeah, they wanted to add Neil and uh, Neil the Who janitor. played the janitor. Yeah, and and then so they aired it a few times, and the fan base was like, "What the fuck is that opening?" Right? No, they weren't having it. They were not having. It. They were like sort of like season nine, how they weren't having season nine either. Right. But anyway, all right, we digress. Jump, we, you, 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 we have 180 episodes to yeah, get to before we digress. Then. We digress. But wait, digress. and then I want to say that the song was um, was a song I found from a band called Laszlo Bain that I was friends with, and I because originally for, we wanted Five for Fighting for the that theme was the, song. Yeah, that was the original theme song. It was something like uh, "I'm more than a bird." We can never use this. I'm more than a plane. I think you're allowed to sing a few lines. I'm on more the than some Superman beside a train. However it goes. Anyway, so um, I this can't song, stand to fly. My friend, um, a Chad I'm not Fitch that okay. naive. All right, 
All right. My friend Chad Fisher was in this band, and I thought the lyrics were perfect because it's it, not only was it a great song, but it's like the, what the show's about, you know? I'm right. no Superman, Donald. Get it? Well, that's the same thing the Five for Fighting song was about. You just found somebody who wrote something kind of similar to it. I can't do it all. Donald, I couldn't do it all on my own. I needed my friend. I'm more than a bird. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) You have such a pretty voice, though. I just just remember how perfect the song was when they sang it. And we didn't really necessarily know that it was going to be the theme song until... I remember you playing it for me and being like, dude! And and being like, oh, yeah, that's cool. But I didn't realize it was going to really be the theme song until we had that first cookout before we started shooting the show and he sang it with yeah. a, with the with the bullhorn and his yeah. boy playing the guitar next to yeah. him and I remember being like oh that's really that. cool this is going to work and then we made a music video if any of you never saw it it's kind of cool I'm, i um i shot a music video for the song and i shot all this kind of cool footage of us um, i'm sure it's on youtube all right okay so let's talk about the first scene with you and I. I'm gathering my notes because I did a lot of uh, prep. I want the fans to know I did a lot of prep for this. Right on. So right, the first right. scene with you and I where we're talking and Ted, the lawyer, is explaining to us, you know, legal procedure in the hospital. Yeah. I remember him making up the line. And if, you're pa- if your patient's dead and, and you're sure... And you're sure. That's hilarious. <laughs> and uh, I remember that was when I realized, oh, wow, Bill's going to let us, he's going to let us improv a little bit. Yeah. We're going to have riff. opportunities to be funny. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that made Scrubs really special is that Bill really let everyone kind of make it their own. I mean, his running rule through through the whole series was, you know, please get it the way that it's written first, make sure we've got it good, and then you guys can play around and and improvise, and, and if you have some wacky idea, you can do it. And that was from the get-go. And and then he had and he hired all these amazing people like Sam Lloyd, uh, who plays who played, the lawyer. Who played Ted the lawyer. And a little trivia, who's Christopher Lloyd's nephew. You know, just hilarious character actors like that that could that would just bring all their own and no matter what the size of the part, you know, it's from 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 our size part all the way down to people who had, you know, would have one line an episode. Um, there was so much freedom to just kind of riff around and, and, and make it funny. Yeah. And we should give a shout out to Adam Bernstein, who directed the pilot. A pilot that was my director, next one. yeah, a pilot director. Um, for those of you who don't know, really sets the look uh, of the show and the style. You know, Scrubs has a very specific style with the whip pans and the, the flashing to flashbacks and, and and fantasies and even the color of the show to make how it looks so much like a hospital and isn't uh, overly saturated like a lot of TV shows that deal with hospital life. Uh, they you know they want their actors to pop on screen so the blues are bluer and the eyes and the you know what i mean scrubs it looked dingy and dirty in the hospital in that yeah. first episode it i noticed look- a lot i noticed that it was clearly a thing i noticed they you know the whole idea was that it was a it was a hospital with that was had very little money and i noticed there's a lot of stuff i i you know i haven't watched this pilot in how many years 20 right. years but um, I remember uh, I was looking at the ceiling tiles. There's all these like missing ceiling tiles, and it, yeah. And it was and, and Bill and Adam really made it feel like a dingy. You know, it was not supposed to be a nice hospital. Also, the show was shot on film, which a lot of people probably don't know. This was um, the entire series was shot on 16 millimeter film. That's why there's no Blu-ray and there's no. Uh, if you look at it normally, how it's meant to be seen, it's a square um, because it was before high def video and 16 by nine televisions. And uh, and no one ever like upresed it, so this is all we got. I watched the iTunes version, which has the original music. Do you want to explain to them about the music thing? Hulu doesn't have the original music. Well, just you know, just because it's a, f- a question we get from a lot of fans at times on social media, all this music that was put on Scrubs and, and a lot of people love was licensed before streaming. So these days, a lot of times, um, if you watch it on Hulu where it's currently playing or wherever you're watching it, um, it might have some of those songs that you love replaced because. They weren't licensed for streaming rights. iTunes is the only place, or, or owning the DVDs, obviously, is the only place where where all of the original uh, music would be there. Let's talk about your teeth for a second, because I don't think we can just let this go. Oh. I had baby teeth when we started shooting the show. Yeah, I don't have you, baby teeth anymore. You, I spent a lot of money on new teeth. There you, it is. If you That's freeze the story. Frames, if you freeze frame, there was, there was a saga of Donald's teeth. Because he used to have, he had fake braces famously in Clueless. Yes, because they were trying to hide my small teeth. Go on. Oh, was that really why? 
Absolutely. Oh, we're getting an exclusive here. So you're saying they shaved famous- my head and they shaved my head in Clueless because my hairline was receding at 18. You know what I mean? Oh like my at, God. I by never the time I was this. 21, I had this hairline right here that you that I'm. Well, you guys can't see it, but I had this. Uh, I, had I never knew. Hairline. By the way, I feel like we're breaking news. The, the, your famous when I was a kid, because- they called me George Jefferson. Okay, Why? because <laughs> of my hairline. <laughs> Are you happy? Are you happy? But I never knew that the clueless braces were because of your fucked up chiclet teeth. Yes, and then the and then the hats that I wore in clueless was because of my hairline. Oh my god. Like I okay. have a baby face. Right. I have a baby face. It's a baby, yes. right? Like I have a yeah. baby face. Yeah. But I don't have a baby's hairline. Right. That's I had funny. baby teeth. I had who baby you, teeth. Who called you George Jefferson? Your parents? No, some like dickhead that I grew up with <laughs> my parents. You're an asshole. That'd be hilarious. George. <laughs> All right. Let's go forward with your chicken teeth. Oh, and then, oh, and then, well, by the way, funny story. So then one season, Donald shows up. He decided on his own. We could talk about this some other time. We don't need to talk about this now. Well, can I just tease it for later? It, it tracks. It'll track. All right. Donald showed up with braces on the inside of his teeth and had a lisp. And Bill was like, take your fucking braces off. What the hell are you yes. thinking? All right. Let's but move like, on. But there's like six episodes where I'm talking like this, the whole th- and the Donald whole... shows up and he's like, I don't, Bill, I don't think anyone's going to notice. And Bill's like, no one's going to notice? What the fuck are you doing? What'd you do? Right. And Donald's like, well, I just got braces. But you can't see them because they're on the insides of my mouth. Okay. All right. I don't even think that's a funny story, dude. I think it's hilarious. All right. Sure. Let's talk about Sarah Chalk's entrance into the lounge room. Absolutely. Dun, dun, dun. The brilliant and beautiful Sarah Chalk. So I remember at the audition... Seeing yes. Sarah and being like, that's the girl from Roseanne. Holy cow. Yeah, second Becky. And thinking, uh, she's definitely going to get this part because yeah. that was the girl from Roseanne. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, I and- didn't know. I knew she was second Becky, was, as, she, as she jokingly uh, called herself and people call her because she had replaced the original Becky. But I wasn't until I read with her in front of Bill and then I read for their, for their at my final studio network test that I got to meet her, and I was just smitten. I just thought she was so funny and so beautiful, and... That was, was one of my notes, actually. You guys had such great chemistry in the pilot, and it showed on screen that, you you know, I think that worked for the remainder of the show because of, you know, it's hard to tell a will-they-won't-they they, uh, early on in a pilot. You know what I mean? Like, you can say... One person has a crush, but you both kind of had a chemistry for each other in the pilots, and it was undeniable, you know what I mean? So, like, right away, you knew that at some point, you guys had to get together, you know what I mean? Even if it didn't work, you knew it. you guys had to get together. And then there was that scene where I'm in the staircase, and I'm supposed to be looking at her butt going up uh, and saying it looks... I never understood why two Pringles, which is what I say, her butt, your butt looks like two Pringles hugging... I never knew why because that was because they curve because it's a little okay. So a Pringle isn't a. Flat I don't know if it's chip. a compliment for a butt though, is it? My dude, I would are you say trying like, to tell me you don't appreciate a round booty? No, I love a round booty, but I just so don't. Then what think, the hell are you talking about? But bro, you think of, you think calling? I would say like, oh, it looks like a juicy peach. I wouldn't say it looks like two Pringles that are like sharp and breakable. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let me ask you a question. How would you which, decide? How would you, you describe th- a, a nice bottom, like uh, 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 to a, f- a piece of food? You would choose Pringles. Well, I mean, I'm gonna. Okay, do we need to get into this? Well, you can. We're say gonna it get in into a, this. You can say it in a nice, um, a, a politically okay. correct so way. So for a really long time, yes, people of Caucasian colors, yes. didn't necessarily like to have big round booties. Okay, and so a Pringle being a Tiny curved right. uh, chip. Right. If you put them together, they look I like see. a little tiny booty. I got Which it. So I, you're saying I, because she had a tiny white girl booty, it was Pringly. Right. Nowadays, right. because of certain uh, actresses and uh, Instagram models or whatever it may Influencers. have Influencers. Influencers. Sure. Yes. 
Everyone and their mama likes a round booty now, a big round booty I see. Now. So is so your theory. So much so is that your... they're starting to put fake booties, in, they're starting to put fake stuff in the buttocks area to make the booty rounder. Now, I've heard this. Some though, women I don't really had believe really it. round booties already and decided, yo, you know what? It ain't round enough and took more to make it bigger. I have a question for you about this. Yes. Now, are, is your theory that certain famous influencers have influenced women to to add not just exercise not just women men too men too now they exercise and you can choose to exercise and build up your booty but you're saying that people really do put put fake implants into their bottoms they not only put it into their bottoms they put it into their chest area they put it into their abs they put it into their arms wow there are so many people out there where you're like wow that dude works out or wow she she must really work out and it's all enhancements. You dude. think men get ass implants? Absolutely. I can Do you have a you. number for a doctor who does this? <laughs> <laughs> that's true, because you got a little two by four behind. That's for sure. I know. It's small. It's it's very small. I was thinking the other day. That, that was I, the other I, thing that I noticed about you that for the when the first time I met you. I was like, my wow, butt he got was a really small? small booty. Oh, you <laughs> noticed that at the table read. Yeah, absolutely. That's when you funny. walked away. Anyway, go on. Yeah, yeah, I just wrote down because there's a shot of her butt, and which I thought looked beautiful. And then I, I, I kind of thought about the line Pringles, and I didn't fully understand it. All right, let's move on from Sarah and her glorious touch. Let's talk about John C. McGinley. Yes, let's. Dr. Cox. Wait, before we get to Cox, um, I want to talk about uh, just, I think Matt Winston is first. So Matt Winston um, is the guy who's saying, I'm a tool, I'm a tool, I'm a tool. And uh, I always thought he was so friggin' funny. In fact, I put him in, in my film, Wish I Was Here, and, uh, and a little bit of trivia for the trivia buffs out there. He's Stan Winston's son, the late, great Stan Winston. Oh, Did you know that, that Donald? Awesome. I did not know that. Yeah. Wow, so, a huge um, fan of his dad. He wasn't used a ton. Bill sort of phased him out, um, although he did have a hilarious line where he goes, it's like a baguette. Yeah, that's I think on. when he was talking about Kelso's penis. All right, yeah. so Johnny C. McGinley. I mean, where do we begin? The legend. The legend. That it, I remember when we, after the table read, when I saw him at the table read, I was like, I'm going to stay clear of that guy. He's a little intimidating. Yeah, he's a little scary. And then we did the rehearsals at the hospital, and I remember watching him, and I was like, and I, I remember telling myself, focus on him right now because we're all, you know, kind of wide-eyed and don't necessarily know what it is we want to do. He came into the game already with Cox like, he was like, this is how I'm going to play him. Mm-hmm. This is how he's going to be. You know what I mean? He knew right away what he was doing. And I remember I was like, focus on that guy because he seems to be already out the gate. You know what I mean? He seems to be running already where we're, you know, getting a slow start. He's already off and running. So focus right. on and him and try and match that energy that he has. And he nobody worked harder. I mean, Johnny throughout the course of the season had those endless really hard to do monologues and he would sometimes get them the night before. And he would work so hard. I mean, this is not a guy who ever phoned in. I don't think Johnny ever flubbed a line in in 9 years. I mean, no, he that's just, not he, true. He flubbed lines well, I'm saying most rare, the least often of any of us. Right. And he was just so on it and so, he so made it his, you know? There's a thing in acting where you say like, oh, I don't want to just do it a generic way that anyone would do it. I want to I want to, I want to make it specific to me and, and make it mine. And a lot of actors, I think, force that. And so they put all this shit onto it that isn't necessary. They're just trying to be different. Whereas some actors just do that and it's natural. It feels right. And I think Johnny's the ultimate example of that. He's someone who all these characteristics... And all these things, the gestures, the hands on the back of his head, the, the touch in his nose, like that's all just Johnny. That's all stuff that's so specifically him that he brought to that part. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. And he stayed consistent with it the whole time. Everything he did, he was consistent. Like we all evolved into uh, different characters as the show went on. If you watch the show, we're very, you know, uh, you and I, when it, it, we're, you know, it's not as broad as the show goes on. Johnny stayed consistent from the beginning. He was the same level the whole time. Right. And you really see it in that first scene where he comes into the break room and is doing his thing. You know what I mean? It's really interesting, you know, to go back and watch now. Because when making it, you know, I paid attention to him specifically because of who he was. Mm. But... To see how I evolved, to see how you evolved, to see how Sarah evolved, to see how, you know what I mean, uh, Judy evolved. Yeah. It, it really, 
and all from this pilot. You know what I mean? The, it's like the pilot is a tame version of what Scrubs became. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's Although there's a, things about it, you know, I, I I don't know if you noticed, but there's things that are in the pilot that you can see both Bill and Adam Bernstein, the director, are figuring out, like that we eventually phased out, like all the. I mean, right. like there's like whip noises when Johnny turns his head, and there's like there's little there's like way more sound effects uh, early on, I think, in the show that they eventually toned down. Yeah. But I mean, that's a digression from Johnny. So Johnny's just amazing, and and people always ask what he's like, and I say he literally is this intense but he's just the most nice person you've ever met. It's right. just like, he's like, picture that intensity of a human being, but he's a super sweet, nice just person. just nothing but love, though. That intensity yes. with nothing but love. And when he shakes your hand, he puts out his hand and goes, there's five good ones for you, meaning his fingers. Five good fingers. Yeah, there's five good ones for you. Grab it all- and squeeze. Yeah, he's got all sorts of sayings, but I'll never forget, there's five good ones for you. Yeah, that one and there's some ammo in that. Oh yeah, he we'd finish it. We'd finish a scene, and uh, one of our editors' names was Jean Michel, and he'd go, "I think we gave Jean Michel some ammo." <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go. The next thing I wrote down—I don't know if you have anything before this—but uh, was the sitcom fantasy I have, where I, where I'm with Sarah on this. You the man. You the man. So I don't even know what this was. A sitcom uh, must have been on on NBC or something, or maybe ABC because. But I don't remember. We borrowed some. Actually, people out there might who know the sitcom might recognize whose set it is. But we just went to an actual um, set and shot the scene there because we didn't. You know, it was the pilot. Was it like Good Morning Miami or something like that? That could have been it. I don't know. It probably was a pilot of the same of the same season, right? Or, or something. And I remember this was just surreal. We were in like on a real sitcom stage. And now, granted, I have a huge crush on Sarah, and I'm doing my best to like hold it together. And then all of a sudden, we're doing a scene where she rips off her top and mounts me, and we make out. Yeah, you know what? Back in the day, I was like, wow, she ripped off her top. That's cutting edge. Now I look at it, and I'm like, oh, well, did she have to rip off her top? (laughs) Well, I mean, I think the show, you have to look at it in the context of the year. I mean, everybody forgets now because we have all this everything streaming and, and cable, and everything's so much more risque, and you go to... You you seek out whatever you you watch. I mean, from the show Girls, the crazy shit they would do on there to to everything and anything that's on uh, Netflix now. But back in the day, you know, I think Bill was trying to push the envelope. The show was on at nine or nine thirty. He was trying to push the envelope. What you could do on network television, right? So both with being politically incorrect at times, both with with, with sex, with language. I mean, he was trying to say like, hey, network, you can compete and be a little bit. You know, risque, risque, and so this for the time was pretty risque. I mean, it was um, very risque. There was a lot of sex in the show. You know, it's funny. I have, I'm sure you do. You have people who go, "Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm showing my kids Scrubs, and I can't even be in the same room. It's so awkward because it's because there was a lot of sex in the show." No, I don't. I, you know, I don't let my kids watch Scrubs. Well, your kids, are, your kids are too young. But I'm saying, like, I got a six year old and a four year old. No, your they kids ain't are watching too, Scrubs anytime no, soon. No, I, I didn't mean your kids. I mean, like, like Matt Tarsus, who was one of the writers. He told me that his son, who was a teenager, was watching the show, and he's like, "I had to walk out of the room." I was like, watching like you and Sarah have these sex scenes, like that episode where we're eating pizza and we're like banging all over the place. Okay. You know, that's, that is true. Sarah they did fight? have to take her top off, but I'm going to be honest with you. I think the guys on the show were way more naked than the females were on the show. You know what I mean? Between yeah, you the were Todd, naked a lot. You're naked I was naked so much. Your body looks fierce. Thank you. Like Tay Diggs, baby. Like Tay Diggs. Tay Diggs, um, baby. You know, you know, funny bit of trivia. Rob Maschio, who was often only in his banana hammock, and worked very hard to maintain that physique. <laughs> he yeah. would do all sorts of push-ups and stuff. When the show moved from whatever season, from NBC to ABC, which is owned by Disney, they made a rule that we could no longer film him from the waist down when he was in his banana hammock. Did you know that bit of trivia? I did know that bit of trivia. I also, I remember, and we'll discuss this later on, but there were times where we were actually really naked because it had to be that way for the camera. Wait, you didn't have like a sock on your penis? I did one time, I did have a sock on my penis. And I remember having to walk in a parking lot with a bunch of people with yeah, a with sock the go- on my penis. Yeah, I remember not that. Not only that, not only that, I had a I had also a a very big leaf 
very big leaf. It was a big leaf, first right. of all. A large, like an oak it was, leaf. It was like it was like a maple leaf, like yeah. a huge oak. maple leaf. It wasn't like one of those thin, like bamboo. No, leaves. no, no. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a eucalyptus <laughs> leaf. It was a, a it was like a maple leaf to cover my junk. No one has ever bragged about their sexual prowess through leaf size, so that's a first for our <laughs> podcast. I do want to say that um, I once there's a scene where I was dancing in front of Tara Reid, and I was supposed to be naked, and they were shooting me from behind, and so I just. I, I packed everything I had into a sock, and I was doing the dance in front of Tara Reid. Remember that? And then, and then the sock came off. And then no. I was like, "What a surreal experience!" Here's Tara Reid just staring at my junk. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh. But I, <laughs> I, I mean, what am I going to do? I apologized and and and. All right, so we got a caller on. Wait, why are you interrupting? Because I want to. I just want to say that the, it was a tube sock, much wanna, like your leaf analogy. It was not so one of those it, little. It wasn't, it wasn't a dress sock. It was a. No, tube you know sock. those little those little socks people now wear that are just like go for. The it wasn't sneakers. an ankle sock. It was a what, tube sock. What do they call those things that just go with ankle your socks? Yeah, ankle it wasn't socks. an ankle sock. It, it was a tube sock. It was a tube sock. Gotta say, we're basing your boys. It was a tube sock, man. A long one. So we got a caller. It was a woman's thigh high. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I don't mean to interrupt you, Zach, but we got a caller on. This the is line. exciting because I I daydreamed when we said we were going to do this that we should take fan questions from all around the world, and it's really happening. So go ahead, Donald. Introduce so uh, I'd like to introduce Chris to the podcast. Uh, Chris, how are you? Hi, Chris. How's it going, guys? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. No, Chris, thank you you're our very on, first guest, so uh, we really want to nail this. We want to give you the best answer to your question that's that's ever been given to any question throughout history. Okay, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> glad to hear that. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, I guess the question I'll ask you all, this one comes from a buddy of mine uh, named Andrew. I have a question about the soundtrack. I think that's something that was such like an iconic part of the show. Um, just across all the seasons, you introduced so many people to so many awesome artists over the years. Was that something, was there someone that spearheaded that? Did you guys just have great taste? Like, how did you come up with this soundtrack? It was um, all me. It was all me. <laughs> Donald had nothing to do with it. Let me just start I with that. I literally had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Because I mean, at that time, I was years, listening to- listen, In nine years, did the, you ever get a song on? Ever? No, because I was listening to songs like Jodeci. Uh, <laughs> I was listening to, you know, uh, songs by Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. You know what I mean? They weren't Things like that. Yeah, so the Donald didn't, great. Donald didn't pick the about, music. <laughs> matter of fact, at, a lot of the artists that were on the show, I was introduced to for the first time while watching the show. So who, who, who did we have on the show? Keen, all these people. I had no idea who they were. You know what I mean? And some artists that were well-known. I just didn't listen to that type of music at the time. It wasn't until Scrubs that I was, all of a sudden started listening to Indian folk rock. You know what I mean? Yeah, or, I think that, you know, first of all, it was a lot of people. It was definitely Bill Lawrence, obviously, who created the show, and uh, his wife, Krista Miller, um, who played Jordan, and and myself. I think we were the three, probably the main people, but also a lot of the writers in the writer's room. A lot of times when it was their script, they'd go, it was a lot of people. But, and, and of course the editors who would, who would, you know, they, the editors would get like 10 ideas and they'd be the ones to try and, and, and shape it to see what would work the best. Um, so there was a bunch of us, but um, Krista Miller definitely did a lot of, of, of song choosing. And I, I got a bunch on myself that I'm excited about. Our best friend, uh, got Joshua, his, Joshua, Joshua Raiden, Raiden got his start. Really? Before Scrubs, what was Josh doing? He was- Sleeping on my couch. Was he really? Yeah. I mean, he didn't even have a job. And he had written the song Winter, which we played um, in, in the episode where Brendan Fraser's character dies. Spoiler. And, uh, and they Winter- They killed Brendan Fraser? Yeah. Win Winter was so popular that, that it launched a career for Josh. And he was, I, he, everyone was like, what other songs do you have? And he's like, that's the only song I've ever written. And so he had to like frantically make an album. Yeah. I remember going to watch him at two concerts with like uh, me, Zach, my girlfriend at the time, Zach's girlfriend at the time, and that was it. Yeah. And now he sells out, you know, he does. He does really, really well. Um, so that's it. It, it. it was a lot of fun. You know, it, it, I think Bill was early on in, in putting music at the, you know, now it's become very popular and very common to sort of end your episode of TV with a... Uh, an emotional piece of music and then cut around in a montage and and watch how everyone you know what they learned from the episode and and I think Bill was at the forefront of doing that uh, definitely because 
you know, now now it's pretty commonplace, but I think Scrubs was kind of one of the first shows to do that. You know, I I like to think the Wonder Years was yeah. Uh, he would was a too. was a early version of what single camera comedy. I mean, Mash obviously, but the Wonder Years really took its the the time that it was in and used the music of that time to help tell the story. And yeah. Scrubs, I feel like, is the next thing to do that. And then yeah, and Ally McBeal also Ally McBeal. I think Bill would say that if remember the show Ally McBeal, how they would Absolutely. cut away the cut away to wacky shit. I mean, I think Scrubs meets. Scrubs is sort of Ally McBeal meets MASH meets Wonder Years. Right. All right, did we answer your question? We did. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Do you have another one? We'll give you another one. Yeah, we'll give you another question. All right, I've got a two-part question. It's kind of common knowledge now that the janitor wasn't supposed to make it past season one. He was supposed to be a figment of JD's imagination. Yeah. So two-parter here. One, how was that supposed to be written in? How was it going to come to be known that the janitor was you know, just a figment of the imagination? And then the second part of that is... Is there any plot line that didn't come to fruition that you really wish did? Yeah, I know that. But wait, I just want to say, we're going to have Bill on for everyone. Um, Bill will probably be our first guest because he can answer all sorts of questions about what his plan was for the writing and such. But I do remember that Neil Flynn, first of all, I was going to talk about this when we got to Neil in the pilot, but Neil was supposed to just have a small part. He wasn't, Bill wasn't even intending that he was going to be in the show beyond the pilot or maybe a few episodes. But he was so hilarious that Bill just kept adding him and adding him and adding him, and to the point where he was one, became one of the stars of the show. And Neil is a hilarious improvisational actor, um, and so a lot of times he would just make up his own lines throughout the whole run of the show. And, and in fact, it got to a point where, in, sometimes in a script, it would just say like, and then Neil makes up something funny, like it wouldn't even have a line for him um, because Neil was just so gifted and hilarious. Well, that whole but, scene was that whole scene improved. With you and him, with the no, penny in the door. No, the penny in the door was all written. But I'm okay. saying, like, right off the bat, everybody could tell, like, this guy Neil Flynn is really funny, and he's got to be more in the show. And you know, Bill would kind of try people out, and when they killed it, he'd he'd keep using him. You know, just like you, 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 like all the people that fans grew to love, like you know Phil Lewis, Hooch. Like we all thought he was so friggin' hilarious. We just kept putting him in the show whenever we could. So anyway, long story short. Uh, if you, I think throughout season one, the janitor only addresses me, if I'm not mistaken. No, so, that's true. So, so Bill kind of had the idea, like, oh my god, if this doesn't go too long, it might be funny to do a f- big reveal that the janitor is totally in, in, uh, in JD's imagination. But then, but how then, crazy then he, would that have made JD though? You would have been like a freaking psycho, dude. You would have been. Look at look at, my, look at nine years of wacky fantasies. Remember when you were a goat? Yeah, dude, but it was a fantasy. These were fantasies. Goat turk. If, if you actually had somebody that you, an imaginary friend that you talked to and would talk back to you, and you're a doctor? <laughs> I know. I think it could have been cool. But, but anyway, the point was that the, the, the show kept going. And Bill, I remember Bill, I heard Bill say, like, I had to, I had to have this guy interact with other people because it was like, you know, and then it became, you know, wanted to, I think fans also wanted to see the, the character of the janitor interact with people although you never knew his name or did you name was janitor or was it glenn matthews did we answer the second part of the question oh storylines um we did a mar- we did a medicinal marijuana um long before it's time uh we did a medicinal marijuana plot line and started shooting it and then the studio told bill to shut it down and we never that ain't used happening it. yeah it's funny because of course now marijuana is legal in california and so many other places well, it but, had just—I remember it had just started becoming legal at the time uh, when we well, were for shooting. medicinal, for medicinal. Right? Yeah, I remember—I do remember that because there were a lot of people that were smoking weed. While well, we probably shouldn't bring that up in the in the first episode of this. Let's get to how high everybody was in future episodes. We have to tease something. I'm just saying that was a tease. Okay, in future episodes, <laughs> Donald will out people for who was baked when. All right. Thank you, Chris. Right. We're gonna. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Chris. Later, Thanks man. for being our first guest. That would be right. so funny. That would what? be so funny if that's how we did it. If, if that, in that scene, he's high. <laughs> I think you need to come clean when we get to scenes where you were baked. Uh, that'll be like the whole series run. Okay, dude. great. There it um, is. How long into the series did you stop memorizing your lines? Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk about uh, that in future episodes to come as well. Oh, I wanted to say, um, 
the scene with Johnny in the in the in the lounge um, with the with the woman that uh, that was my audition scene where Johnny comes in with the woman he says is dead and he's telling me to throw Tylenol at her face. That was one of the main, uh, I think, one of the three scenes that I auditioned with. What was your audition scenes? Do you remember? Uh, my audition scene was I'm really scared. Uh, I'm so happy that I get to wear a surgical mask, a mask because. If I didn't have it on, my face would look like this, and then I make the scared face. Yeah, uh, that was one of my audition scenes. And then, I and feel did you like, improv "I Love You" or was that in the script? No, we improv that. Bill came up to me and was like, "Tell him you love him at the end." That was funny. And I was like, "What?" He was like, "Just say it," and then laugh when you walk. And away. then Lonnie, by the way, everyone, that's Lonnie who's Lonnie, playing. Yeah, Lonnie's the, playing the pizza delivery I had, guy. I had no idea that was him until watching the pilot. So uh, Lonnie, Lonnie exists as, two, as one, is one of the few people that exists as two different characters in the Scrubs universe. I feel like it's three different characters, but yeah, okay. Why? There's Lonnie, there's Pizza Delivery Guy. And who was the, was Lonnie also the guy that played basketball? I don't remember. Okay, anyway. Scrubs Never. fans will answer for us. But yeah, that was very funny. I love that when you say I love you, uh, he looks, we both look at you like, what? I <laughs> <laughs> um, say this, it to you all the time. In this scene, um, also, the woman was supposed to be de really dead. And um, I remember the network pushed back against Bill and said, no, you, you can't have her him really genuinely pushing around a dead woman. Um, you, you, you have to have her at the end go, I'm not really dead. So that was a rewrite forced by the network because Bill thought it was funny if he really Very was funny. just pushing around a corpse. Very funny, too. I want to talk about Ken Jenkins for a second. Yes. Because I feel like he was the MVP of our show. You know what I yeah. mean? yeah. In so many ways, like, uh, it's really difficult to be on a show with a, such a huge ensemble cast where everyone is likable, from the lead all the way down to the guest stars, everyone's likable. I think the hardest part, the hardest person to play in all of that would be the bad guy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he made it so that the bad guy, you didn't like him but you still loved him. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. And I felt like he was literally the MVP. Him and Judy Reyes, actually, were the MVPs of the show because Judy had to tackle all of the dramatic stuff. You know what I mean? Her character felt everything. She was the nurse. She was the mother of the hospital. And Ken Jenkins, his character was the evil dad or the, you know what I mean? The the grandpa who was just over it all and was like, I just, you know, I I, 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 I want this hospital to make money. We're broke. And all that matters is if their insurance is going to pay for it. If it's if they're not, get them out of here because we're, we're, we're broke. We got no dough. And I thought to make those two, to make that character lovable is a really, really, really hard thing to do. And he did it effortlessly, it seemed yeah. like, in my eyes. And uh, and same thing with Judy, you know what I mean? Judy would play a role that uh, was definitely needed in this band of misfits. She played this character that was uh, uh, just motherly and uh, took care of, you know, Bambi came from, that. That's that, that stuck throughout the whole show, you being called Bambi. Yeah, I noticed that her very first line that comes out of her mouth is calling me Bambi. I didn't, I, I didn't know that. It's, I, I didn't remember that. But that stuck for the whole run of the show. And, of course, people still call me that on the street when I pass them. Um, but uh, her very first line is calling me Bambi. Yeah, you know what I mean? And it was, it was just we knew what we were there to do. We're here to be funny, and we're here to make everybody laugh. And, you know, and, and at times we're going to get dramatic and everything like that. But Judy and Ken had the tough roles, in my opinion. You knew Judy was supposed to make everybody feel safe. Ken was supposed to make everybody feel anger, you know what I mean, in this, mm -hmm. in this crazy world. And they did it so perfectly. And, and Ken had a lot of the you know, social commentary that Bill was trying to get in there about how fucked up the healthcare system is and how, how's, how fucked up it is that hospitals are like, no insurance, get them out of here. Like, right. you know, what do you, like right away in the pilot... Uh, of course, these issues are so relevant today more than ever. But right away in the pilot, you have them going, look, I don't care that you know nothing. Let me tell you a couple things. If they don't have insurance, get them out of here. And uh, and, and 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 Bill geniusly found a way to make uh, that. And of course, Ken Jenkins as an actor together, they found a way to make that character so lovable, even though he was a he was the antagonist. Yeah. I want to talk about 13 minutes and 38 seconds. I'm looking at a still of you making out with Judy Reyes. 
Right on. Um, and and Todd, in the frame I have up, Todd is watching because it's part of the fantasy. Going, he wants to high so five hot. you. <laughs> um, so, so what was it like? You know, um, I think people who aren't actors are always curious what it's like when you meet someone. Hey, nice to meet you. And then all of a sudden you have to just go do a fake makeout scene with them. I feel like that was the first day I met Judy too. And really? Yeah, I feel like that was our first scene together. And I hadn't, you know, I remember me. I don't remember Neil at the table read. I don't remember uh, Judy. I don't remember Ken at the table read. I remember me, you, Johnny, and Sarah mm-hmm. at the, for some reason. And so when we did the makeout scene, I feel like that was my... F- I know it's not the first day I met her, but that's my first real memory of Judy. You know what I mean? And I remember she smoked cigarettes right before the scene, and I was like, <laughs> ah! <laughs> that's a Damn. power move. That's Damn. a power well, move. Yeah, that's how you do it. But I, I realized that's how you do it. If you're going to make out with somebody, make it so they got to work and not make it so it's them having a great time making out. No, this is a job, dude. This isn't, <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't you getting your rocks off while we're doing this scene. It's funny to think about someone smoking. Like, I, I mean, I don't – do you know any – I mean, it's rare to see anyone smoking cigarettes at all anymore. Oh, uh, no. The, they, there are a lot of people that still smoke cigarettes. Now oh, that really? vaping has turned into the worst no, I just thing mean ever like for your body. Vaping, of course, but y- 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 just the idea that Judy was, I guess, a smoker when we started – Right? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Or, I, I, or... I was a smoker when we started. I smoked oh, that's cigarettes right. when we started. And Neil was always a smoker. Yeah. When we started doing the show, I think a lot of us smoked cigarettes. I mean, at, in the cast. Maybe you, Sarah, and Johnny, and Ken didn't, but everyone else did. Yeah, I didn't remember that. And then us doing the kissing stuff, and then watching the episode, and none of that made the show, really. All it is is me, uh, we're kind of cuddled up together. We're kind of cuddled up together, and... uh and Rob's over us watching. But I remember doing the scene if feeling way more intimate than that. You know what I mean? Way more, you know what I mean? And then watching it being like, oh, they didn't use any of the, of the good stuff. <laughs> right. Well, it's a really quick moment. And I love that she's, I love that you're naked and she's like, all right, thanks, I'm out. That was, yeah. I thought that was a cool like introduction of her character. She was like, and, and right. I also And I also like that your imagination was me scoring. Right. In reality... The real, what really happened was I got played and then got turned right. into, uh, you know, I got, you know, I stripped down for someone. Right. And she was like, she got, you know, she just wanted to make out with someone and be like later. And she like, she was like, she kind of like used you. Whereas yeah. in my imagination, you were using her. Where I, right. Yeah. That was clever. Yeah. Um, I wanted to just quickly talk about that. Uh, it's going backwards, but that deer in headlight thing, I, I still have the foam antlers, uh, um, I'm staring at them right now um, from that, that fantasy where I'm imagine I'm a, a deer in headlights. And and the, what we had to do was they backed the Mac up, tr- the big semi right up to my face. And the idea was for the, that the, the truck would floor it in reverse. And and then oh, we'd play it. be scary. And then we'd play it backwards, right? So it looked like it was hit. And then, of course, it hit a mannequin too. But for this one shot, and I remember standing there with my face against the grill of a, of a Mac truck and being like, Leaning out to the driver, being like, "You sure it's in reverse, right?" <laughs> like, like there had to be some OSHA rule against that. But I, but I was like standing there, going, "If this dude, like, I don't want to cause any waves or anything, but I just want to double check you're in reverse." <laughs> we have okay. me finally saving a life. Oh, we have a Loma. We should talk about a Loma Wright, the beautiful and talented Loma Wright, who played right. uh, Nurse Roberts. Nurse Roberts, who who whose introduction in the show is, you know. Amazing. Can you just call him so I can go home, please? Yeah. Can you just call him so I can go home? She's so good. And and Loma was one of those, again, another example of someone who Bill just loved and, and thought was so talented. And she, you know, ended up being in the whole the whole show until he eventually killed her off, felt bad, and brought her back as her twin sister, which we'll get to that in later episodes Laverne of this podcast. Laverne again. Laverne again. I'm going to call you Laverne again. So... We were thinking of like trying to summarize what the lesson of the episode was, but I mean, I think the episode, the lesson of the of the pilot uh, was basically the theme song, which is "I can't do this all on my own," right? I mean, that's- right. It's the introduction of how difficult it is to be a doctor in a hospital, and how the medical staff at a hospital really depends on each other uh, to work. Yeah, and I think I think I mean I don't think it's a big leap to say that a lot of people related to the show because 
they could see that in their own lives and, and how you turn to your friends and your family. I mean, I think the show can be, as we all know, can be very, very heartwarming. And that was the what Bill did so geniusly was how it'd be so funny and crazy and silly and fantasies and everything. And then all of a sudden you can turn a corner and you're losing a patient like I did at the end or or uh, or or you see that our friendship is so is so it's pure. Still, it's still solid. Also, uh, conquering fear. You know what I mean? Uh, JD was so afraid to do everything. As a matter of fact, him and Elliot hide in a closet at one point, and uh, Dr. Cox catches them doing it and understands why they're afraid, but then at the end of the show still gives JD the confidence to perform whatever it is you did with the tube and the blood and all of that stuff, <laughs> uh, something that you, you know JD was very afraid of and... Uh, made him feel like he was going to be okay, and he was, and he had a support group around him. Yeah, and I think that's it. That's that's the pilot. I think we just we just did it. We did our first podcast. I love you, and um, I, think I love this you so fun. much, man. Hey, listen, if you're a fan and you made it to the end, thank you. We want we're going to keep doing this. We want you to watch the show with us. We're going to do this every week, and um, and you can just join us. Tell your friends. And every week we're going to uh, go through another uh, episode and we're going to take a, a, a fan question. If you have a fan question, Donald, we have set up an, a Gmail account. The iHeart people have. Right. And that account is? That account is scrubsiheart at gmail.com. So scrubs and then iheart at gmail.com. That was and very so, well said. Thank you. We want you to submit questions and then our our beautiful producers here will uh, will work out all the logistics, and um, and we'll have you on. We're gonna take a question each uh, podcast. We're gonna have guests on. We're gonna start having fellow cast members. We're gonna, obviously gonna have our creator of the show, Bill Lawrence, on. Who else are we gonna have on, Donald? Some of the crew oh members. my goodness, we're going after you know even some of the people that you remember but don't know, like Snoop Dogg intern. Uh, we're gonna reach out to him. We're reaching they out already to slid Dr. Into my Mickhead. DMs. Did he already? Snoop Dogg intern already slid into my DMs, and I Mick asked had him already said he's down. We're gonna really? even have the we're we're gonna have the stand-ins on the show who did a lot of the work that you see uh, before we went in and did it, uh, set up the shots. They you know, so it's gonna be a bunch of people, writers. We're gonna have uh, directors, everything. Hopefully, we could get some big names too. I'm but sure Scott who, Foley would come on and we could just say, nobody cares, Sean, over and over again. Nobody Every cares, <laughs> Sean. Nobody cares. So um, follow Donald and I uh, on Instagram and uh, and Twitter. And please tell your friends because uh, we hope this is a, is a big success because for us, this was, I don't know about you, Donald, but this was a lot of fun. I, I kind of don't want to stop talking, but I feel like oh, absolutely. we should. This was actually the, you know, I talk about Clueless as the jump off point in my life where I was introduced to the industry and I learned a lot of things. But Scrubs was really like the, you know, that was the thing that took it over the top for me as an actor, where I had an actual job where I was able to, you know, pay my rent and I built a family because I was able to be a part of this wonderful show. So, you know, I owe a lot to you, Zach. I owe a lot to Bill Lawrence. I owe a lot to the cast and the crew of this uh of Scrubs. So I'm really excited to talk about it with fans who enjoyed the experiences that we had. Yeah. And as always, I agree with everything you said. And as always, uh, thank you for being our fans and, and thank you for supporting the show. Uh, it was a joy to, to make it for you. And Donald, I hate this quarantining. I just want to be with you all the time. I want to well, be with you in will that be a closet. Day again. Hopefully there will be a day again where you and I can eagle. I can't wait to ride you. <laughs> I can't. I. Can't, I, I, I feel like that's how we should end. Should we end with that? No, let's end with that. Don't say. Don't speak. Don't speak. Let's just end with that. Goodbye, everybody. Here's some stories. 